It's time for Around the Ozark Sports Scene with Scott Perrier. Now here's your host, Scott Perrier. Welcome to Episode 7 of Around the Ozark Sports Scene. I'm Scott Perrier, and I appreciate your listening, and happy holidays to all out there as we are in this Thanksgiving week, and of course a big week of great sports and sports watching uh, coming up, and already kicked off this week with some, so We'll start off with our weekly recap and look ahead to what's going on out there in the world of sports. First off, a a great weekend and and start to this week for the Missouri State Basketball Bears. They win the Paradise Jam Classic Championship down in the Virgin Islands. They take an 87-69 win over Abilene Christian in the title game. Coach Dana Ford's Bears are now 4-1 on the season. The only hiccup there, a, a loss at a very tough place to play, West Virginia there in the season opener. But with four straight wins, they are now idle till they're back home on Saturday, hosting South Carolina State in a non-conference matchup at 1 o'clock uh, at Great Southern Bank Arena. And that'll be a fun afternoon. If you don't have any plans, got family in town, get over and watch uh, what could be the best uh, Bears team Dana Ford's had since he's been there. But uh, special moment for Bears fans. They're going to uh, retire the jersey of uh, – Danny Moore, the former Bears great in the late 90s, a great guy and a great ambassador for the program. His jersey's going up in the rafters and very well uh, deserved in that case. And also the 1999 NCAA Sweet 16 team. A lot of those members are back for the occasion, including Coach Steve Alford. So it should be a fun afternoon Saturday over at Great Southern Bank Arena. Tough loss for the Chiefs on Monday Night Football as they fall 21-17 to the Eagles. Uh, a rematch of last year's Super Bowl, um, a game that played in not the best conditions, kind of cold and wet, which may have uh, kept uh, both offenses back a little bit. Certainly with the Chiefs, uh, the dropped passes were uh, a big concern throughout the night, including one by uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling that uh, may have won the game for the Chiefs if he holds on to the bomb from Mahomes. But uh, anyway, the Chiefs fall to 7-3, and three, and now it's back into a full-blown race for the top seed in the AFC. Um, a lot of teams uh, picked up ground there. The Ravens, the Dolphins, the Browns are hanging around there with three losses. Should be interesting uh, down the stretch here as uh, they try to battle for the right to be at Arrowhead again throughout the playoffs. Next up for the Chiefs is a Sunday test uh, late afternoon at the Las Vegas Raiders. High school football playoffs continue. We're in the state semifinal round uh, this weekend. Uh, good luck to those teams that are still playing. Uh, that'll include Republic and Web City in Class 5. They have an all-COC showdown in Republic Saturday afternoon. Uh, also Seneca in Class 3, Lamar and Fairgrove in Class 2, and Marionville in Class 1. Good luck to all those teams who continue to stay alive and go out and get those state championships. Our guest today is one of the nation's top golf trick shot artists and an entertainer and a former REMAX World Long Drive champion and perennial contender. He hails from right here in our own backyard. It is my pleasure to welcome my guest this week, Mr. Dan Beaver. Dan, how you doing? Got for a year, always. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I, I told you privately, I'll stay publicly. I've, I've enjoyed listening to you for many, many years. I, I, I love what you do, and I love the lightness that you bring it in the at any time in history, it's more needed now than ever. So appreciate you, man. I appreciate and that. And I see your I see your beautiful mug on billboards. 
selling some kind of thing or other. You, you I know, came Pete, back from Branson the other day, and I saw you. And I'm like, oh man, that's a sports guy right there. Yeah, with pe- his own billboard. People stop now, like they do at the Vegas sign, and take a picture in front of it and, <laughs> and show their friends. That's so really a cool deal. But uh, uh, I didn't you know, see any of that. First, uh, you know, you mentioned it. It's it's Thanksgiving week. A lot for all of us to be thankful for. I just I wanted to have a guest on this week that we could have some fun and. And be lighthearted, you know, at a time when there's a lot going around, as you said it best there. But uh, so happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And and I, I guess Thank we'll you. kick off now by um, what is your schedule like now in 2023? How, how many golf shows do you do a year? And and I would guess that airline miles are your friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good status with American Airlines and have been for 25 years. And, <laughs> you know, I, I quit my job in 2000, so I, I'm – I'm roughly right at a year 27, 28 of doing golf shows. And uh, I've averaged uh, 70 to 80 golf events all around the country. I think last year I looked and I was in 30 different states and 60 or so different cities. And, you know, when you, you mentioned it, I have, a, I have a note right in front of me that just says blessed. And I have been, Scotty, I have been so blessed for many, many years. God has blessed me with open doors. He has blessed me with with opportunities and health and protection, you know, from not getting injured. And, you know, it's been a great living and a, and a wonderful way to make a living for, for a lot of years now. Not, not anything that somebody dreams about as a kid, but man, I'm so grateful. I wanted to be in the big leagues, but this is a pretty decent uh, option if you're not going to be in the big leagues. Yeah. You, you know, your, your background starting out as an athlete was baseball and, and took you into the minor leagues and, and uh, very good baseball player. Tell tell us how you got into the the golf trick shot uh, world. You know, it, it's weird. I played golf as a kid. I did. I you know at that time, and I don't want to sound like an old dude, but you know we played everything. So, but I did everything. I went to a small high school in Northwest Iowa, and I was able to. I love playing basketball, baseball. I played golf for a little bit, and but during college. You know, when you don't have any money, and once you get to college, baseball is a full-time thing. I didn't have any money at any time, so I didn't play. And then professional baseball, I didn't have any money at any time. Unless you're a starting pitcher, you don't play golf. And when my baseball career ended at, at age 28, I, I started playing, you know, a little bit now and then. And something happened during that baseball career. I think I held my bat in a certain way that, that ultimately on the golf course created a lot of speed naturally. I didn't do it. I didn't do it, uh, you know, early in my golf career as a kid. But but that speed was uh, something that led me to the long drive event. And you don't ever know how how long a hitter you are until you go on a national level. And I made it to the national finals many many years ago. And and then I won some events. And so from that, I met two or three guys that made money doing golf shows, and they really encouraged me to to do it. And so as I had a full time job, I would. I would steal a day away and I would go do a golf outing. And, I, you know, I had a really great mentor, Scott, who who I'm sure you've had great mentors along the way, but my buddy Art Selinger really sat me down and I just, I would pick their brains. You know, what about this? What about this? And then, you know, you start with a, a few shots. I still have my first video from from my first show in Branson in 1997. It's not very good, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, you just start and then you just start making stuff up and things start happening and 2000 shows later, you know, you have some material. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, you know, people, they're going to get bored with a guy that just hits it really far after a few swings. So, you know, the entertainment value of it, you've always had the personality that, 
that people just love kind of being around you, maybe except your family, you know, and, and, uh, but you know, that, that humor and everything, you got to blend all that. So, I mean, you were cut out for this, but you had to get started somewhere with uh, something beyond hitting it a long ways. What was your first trick you ever mastered? I think anybody that, that comes out of the long drive world, it's, it's power related. So you're trying to, you're trying to shock people with what you do. And, and of course I've, I've tried to do it with humor as well. And so, you know, when you can hit a putter 300 plus yards, that usually gets people's attention. When you can, when you can sit in a chair and hit it 340 yards, that gets people's attention. And so those are some of the things that I, I'm sure I started with just some of the basic stuff and, and that, that maybe I had seen other people do. You're, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, it is impressive. For most people, it's impressive to see somebody hit it 350, 360, 370, but you're only going to watch that for a little while. And so that's where trying to put together a, a show that will resonate with any type of crowd, re- whether they're from the east or north or south, whether whatever their economic level or skin color, uh, who, you know, doesn't matter who they vote for. And so, uh, and I've enjoyed it because I love being around people. You know, Scotty's sports for me has always been about relationships. And so... I love being at these events. Uh, you know, with what I do now, I get to a lot of charity-related events, and and I just I, it's been so great for me. I, I see every week on a weekly basis. I see the hearts and my I see the hearts of people, and and how many people are giving in this country with with uh, with charitable events. And so, when you love being around, and I still do. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm I'm two thousand shows into this, and I still enjoy it. Still love it. I understand what real work looks like, so I'm, I'm trying to avoid that as long as I can. Where, uh, where is the laboratory? How do you come up with new stuff? How do you find the ideas? Are you laying awake at night when you can't sleep thinking, what if I tried this? And, and where do you kind of try to pull all this off? And who's your guinea pig? Do you have one? Well, I do, I do have one guinea pig. I'll answer the first part of that first, and that is I'm always thinking about it. I'm always making notes. I'm taking notes, and – and I'm not afraid to try stuff. It, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, I'm, I'm careful with the wording and and trying to work things in. I'll give you a perfect example, Scotty. I walked into a Walmart with my sweet baby, uh, grandbaby, a couple weeks ago. Ivy, about a month ago, I walked into a Walmart, and I saw this humongous Santa Claus. It was a, a balloon, you know, air, I don't know what you call it. Inflatable. You know that one? Yeah. Inflatable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was inflatable. This thing was massive. I found out later it was 14 foot high. The very first thought in my brain was, I need to hit golf balls at that. We got to hit golf balls at that. And so I, I brought this dude over and I'm like, how does this more run? Do, what do you, do you have to have a big air pump? What is it? And he started telling me all these facts and figures about it and all the durability and you could get Santa's elves. And I go, I, I, I don't care about any of that. I'm going to hit golf balls at it. And if you would have seen his face, and sure enough, about about a week later, during the Warriors Journey Golf Tournament, we put that bad boy out there, and and I jokingly said, one of our wonderful sponsors at that event is the uh, Reliable Toyota, and I I brought Rick Rick Mavis out, and I said, hey, um, folks, you don't know this, but Rick has agreed to give somebody a car if, if, if you hit this and put a hole in it. Of course, he he wasn't privy to that information, and it wasn't true, but... And I know Rick, and he was probably okay with it. You know, that's the kind of heart he's got. He, listen, Maybe. He's got a great heart, yeah. and, and those guys have been awesome supporters. Yeah. And the very first guy to jump up there, my, my buddy out of uh, 
Lamar, Missouri, J-Dog, J-Dog Marty jumped up there and hit that thing and put a hole in it. And it was, Scotty, in, two, in thousands of shows and uh, so many situations, it was one of the funnest things I've ever seen. People were going nuts. As this, I actually felt bad for this inflatable Santa as it started bending over because it looks real on the video. It <laughs> bent over. And, was uh, was Rick was going nuts? Just so. Uh, Rick, it was hard to find Rick after that. <laughs> and, and Jerry, you know, they, they've got Clear Creek golf carts over here uh-huh. with Brian Cheever, who's another wonderful supporter. The Chief, man. Uh, yep, absolutely. They, they keep they, they keep hollering at me going, hey, where's where's that car? Jay Dog was supposed to get a car. And I'm like, no, no, it was just funny. <laughs> so it's, it's just a matter of finding things and trying to turn them into something fun that you can do live. You know, there's a big difference between live and, and videotape. So. And do you go to, do you go to Millwood? Where, where do you go to experiment with these things? Yeah. For many, many years, uh, Danny Schumacher's, um, you know, allowed me to be out there and, and kind of hit shots and work on stuff. And you asked about a sidekick, you know, my longtime buddy, Michael Vincent has been the brunt of that for many, many years. When I, when I did a show on the golf channel, they came in one afternoon. One, it really, it was a full day of videotaping out there, and and there was a number of shots that I hit that uh, ended up, you know, not being great for Benny. You know, when you hit balls through somebody's legs through a piece of plywood, it's uh, yeah, that uh, say, yeah, you you should get on. I called Benny and I go, Benny, do you want to get on YouTube? And he's like, Oh, that'd be great. I've always wanted to be on YouTube, right? Like somehow it's like trying to get in a movie or something. But <laughs> no, Vinny, Vinny's run on the road for that a long time. I, originally it was just, I lived off Campbell and I found some park and I tried hitting them off high tees and the park was far enough that I could hit them and then go pick them up. But, um, it's, uh, <laughs> well, and he's the perfect Costello, Costello to your Abbott, I guess, or Robin to your Batman. Is he not Vinny? Yeah, he's he's been along for uh, a lot of great shots. He's always been a great helper, so I, I try to drag him around the country to places and and have some fun with him. And so uh, it's it's been fun. He's he's going through a little health challenge right now, so we're we're praying hard for him to uh, to recover and uh, you know stand out there. I, I did we did another shot a couple years ago where he was he was sitting on the edge of the pond at Millwood and I was skipping balls on the pond. You know, you've seen skippers like they do at Augusta. Uh-huh. Well, these are with, with a driver. I said, Benny, wouldn't it be cool if you had a fishing pole out there and it looked like you were fishing and I skipped one. And then all of a sudden you took a net and just caught it. He's like, Oh yeah, that's great. It was until I hit him in the leg. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just don't have a lot of people in my life that will agree to that stuff. So, Absolutely. And again, we echo those sentiments, uh, best uh, wishes and thoughts and prayers, Vinny, as you go through that. So what wanted to ask you, what is the one trick out there, maybe the hardest trick that you have mastered and, and what is one that you've yet to master that you just keep working on? Well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I do this whole bit about social media and, and, uh, not ever having a lot of success with videos. Um, I, I lit a candle. I tell people, I lit a candle. I, I, I was on the first tee at Millwood. So uh, I was on the first tee and I lit the candle on the second tee box, which if you can visualize it, it's, it's, it's down about six feet. So I lit the candle and hit a ball above the candle off a of waist high tee. It, it was a low liner that went above it and put it out. 
Scotty, nine views, no likes, no interest, none whatsoever, right? I skipped a ball on a pond 27 times like they do at Augusta. Uh-huh. No interest, like 13 views, no likes. The ball I hit through Vinny's legs through a half-inch sheet of plywood, you know, nothing. But I would say the, the hardest, I, was, I set up four cameras in my backyard, and I hit a ball in the air for nine seconds that landed back at my feet. I don't know if you can visualize that, but um, I would say that one is the hardest. I, when you look at trick shots online and you watch people, you, you can see people throw it in the air and hit it. I'd say eventually you're going to hit that, right? Uh-huh. If we People can hit that. You know, There's a lot of trick shots they're going to be able to do. They can bounce it on a wedge. It's going to be a lot tougher for somebody to hit it with a driver in the air and, and land it at your feet. Yeah, how do you hit a ball straight up like that? Well, it's off a waist-high tee, so the ball is elevated three feet off the ground, and then with the angle of attack, you know, I can get up underneath it, and I hit it pretty solid after doing it for so many years. So, But you've got to hit it straight um, up to come straight down, right? You've got to hit it straight up. Um, I, I, I happened to find a, a decently windy day that day, so the wind brought it back. And But again, I when you post something like that, <laughs> there's absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. So I also thought, hey, I'm going to try to catch one. I thought it'd be cool to hit it in the air and try to catch it. And at first I was going to do it with a baseball glove. And then when I saw this ball come down and how hard it came down, I'm like, I ain't doing that. Man. I, I need my wrist. So again, I got one of those little fishing nets and caught it. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, you know, the, the shot that I've hit over and over that I've had people hit is just off a of waist ID. And, and it seems to be just ridiculously hard for people to hit. What are uh, I, I'm I sure I don't have a lot. I get about one out of a hundred that hit it. Is that right? Um, no. Stories about maybe some trick shots that have gone bad at your exhibitions. Um, yeah, I, thankfully I haven't had many. I did have one. I had a golf show for a PGA Tour event in Charlotte at the Wachovia. At the time, it was the Wachovia Championship. And I was on the range on a Saturday afternoon, had a big, huge clinic, 300 people. And, Scotty, it was going great, you know? Things were clicking, lines were working, shots were working, the kids were going crazy. There were tour players on the range who stopped hitting shots they were watching. It was going that good. Have I laid the foundation? You understand what I'm Absolutely, saying? Absolutely, yes. And then I said, um, the back of the range was 380. And I knew it because they had lasered it, and they told me. And there were three people sitting on the back of the range, not sitting there, but they were on the outside of this uh, mesh fence like you would see in the winter to stop snow. And I said to these kids, like I have many times, who here would like to see me hit those guys on the end of the range? And, of course, they all went nuts. And I knew I couldn't reach them. The wind was at me, and it was 380. I couldn't hit them. But optically, it looked like the ball's going at them. And so they were all screaming. So I hit one, and I blocked it just a little right. And just as it went into the air, on the right side of the range, somebody walked out, and based on how the layout of the land was, they kind of came over by the fence. And I'm thinking, where did they come from? And they climbed over the fence, Scotty, to grab a ball. And this ball kept tracking and tracking. I'm like, is that going to get to him? Is that going to go over him? <laughs> and it didn't. It, it hit the dude right in the groin. And we didn't know that until he he climbed over the fence and fell down. I was like, did I hit him? 
And I still remember Padraig Harrington standing on the on the on the range with uh, with quite a look of shock. I, needless to say, I was never invited back. I, I will tell you this, Scotty. I I was at the end of the golf show, and it was about to finish anyway. But I finished up pretty quick, and there were probably three or four cameras from TV stations, and they were interviewing these kids as I was signing autographs. And they stuck a camera in this kid's face, and they go, "Hey, what was your favorite part at the end show?" And the kid's like. When he hit that guy, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> See, I, I mean, the entertaining you should have acted my, like that was part of the show. That that guy, the timing was impeccable, you know, to get that guy. In my defense, yeah. <laughs> he, he did crawl over the net out onto the driving range area. <clears throat> Only reason I found out it ended up being one of the volunteers' husbands. They go, yeah, we found out it was one of the volunteers' husbands. He wasn't supposed to be out there. And, and then the other one, I was filming a, a commercial – uh, out at Millwood and I was doing this bit with matches that go off and they sound really loud and, and they put a camera down in front of me and um, and I was going to hit it right over the camera and just take an easy swing and it was going to be loud and it was going to be really fun and all that and it, I hit it you know how when you swing easy and you hit it solid they go farther than you think <laughs> yeah and, and and you know the you know the layout of Millwood right with the houses up there that I've yes. never aimed at in my life. Well, I was aimed that way because I knew I was only going to hit it about two hundred yards, and sure enough, I hit it really good. And this massive explosion, like a shotgun, went off, and the next thing you know, you hear glass break, and then there's a pause, and you hear more glass break, and so I would venture to say that falls under the category of trick shots gone bad. I did put a note on there on their uh, door and told them I did it. So for anybody listening. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, you mentioned Patty Harrington, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you mentioned Patty Harrington and, and obviously you're around tour guys at, at most of these events. To me, that would be one of the coolest aspects would be the people you've met, the famous people you've met. Uh, who are some that really stick out in your mind, M- maybe golf or not golf related that, uh, have become friends, or at least maybe you were a little bit in awe of when you when you first uh, encountered them. Oh man! Well, again, this goes back to that what I, my opening statement about feeling really blessed to do what I do and to get around get around some really unique, fun situations. Um, I, obviously, I remember being a young kid, and my dad said, "Jack Nicklaus is the best golfer ever." And so, f- for me, years later. To, to uh, host an event that Jack was at and, you know, to, to, uh, to host a panel, MC a panel just, just a couple of months ago that he was at was pretty amazing for a guy like me who's a golfer. I mean, I'm a golf fan too. I mean, uh, we, we got a chance to go to Iraq with Tom Watson and Corey Pavin and, and Scotty, when you're a golfer, I mean, that's, that's a cool deal. And to be able to hang out with them for nine days and, and I've always been a, I've always been a fan of Tom Lehman, and so the next year we went to Afghanistan with with Lehman. And but from a from a you know golf standpoint, from a celebrity standpoint, I think I think getting a chance to do Gary Sinise's golf tournament, Lieutenant Dan, and have a relationship with him, obviously, is really cool. And Rick Hendrick. It sounds as if you asked me the question. I don't, I don't want to. It sounds like a whole lot of name dropping here, but these are just. These are really fun events that, you know, when you're just a small-town kid going, how in the crud am I sitting here hitting balls for these dudes and having a good time with them and having a relationship with them? So it's uh, – I, mean, I just have a lot of people nice to me. David Faraday's always been super nice to me, and McCord's always been nice. Those guys have just always been gracious and kind, which I've always appreciated. So, 
How uh, Dan Beaver, the golfer, not the trick shot artist, uh, not the long drive guy, but the golfer, um, what's your handicap? Um, what do you expect to shoot when you go out? And how many invites do you get a year for scramble events locally and nationally? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I see decent scores. Uh, I think my low score is 65. And, and, you know, if I go out and have a good day, I'm going to shoot a couple under. If I go out and have a really bad day, I'm going to shoot three or four or five over. So uh, do I get a lot of, I get some advice, not, not many, but uh, I think. Really? So, so people aren't calling you because I mean, the one thing you're going to do is the one thing they recruit from every team and every aspect is I want somebody on a par four that we're going to be putting after the drive. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, that's changed a little bit though. Uh, You know, my, uh, my ability to hit on par four is decreasing by the moment. So every day I do hit it straighter, but hitting it on par fours is uh, <laughs> it's getting more rare now that I'm a hundred. <laughs> and you do have hole in ones. Uh, how, how many? And, and but none in conventional golf. Is that correct? Not a single one, my friend. I still am. I'm, I started at thirteen. I'm now sixty-two. So what is that? What's the math? Forty-nine. Forty-nine. Yeah. Forty-nine years without a hole in one. I've had three in par fours doing events. Um, I've had I've had a bunch on you know these are all during outings though where I might be stationed on a hole all day I've had a bunch in the last couple of years with drivers on par threes probably one of one of the funnest experiences I had I was stationed on a par three two years ago with with Craig Stadler the Masters winner and I he hadn't hit many balls in the previous year he said his back had been killing him and the hole was about 180 yards and I said Craig you're going to hit my driver all day he goes I ain't hitting your drive he's like Grumpy Santa. <laughs> The Walvers. I line from my friend Jim Maddox here in town. And, and Grumpy Santa decided to hit my little short three-wood length driver with 14 degrees of loft. And he kind of cuts it anyway. And sure enough, he cut it on the green and it rolled in at one point. So it was pretty fun to watch this guy all day long because he's like, I'm never hitting an iron again. <laughs> so um, that's where most of my hole-in-ones have come now. In the last couple of years, it's all been with drivers from part three. There you go. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do, and, and and you know from a golfer standpoint, for those guys out there listening now, I, I mean you're you're a you know probably an above average size guy, so there's some strength involved with what you do. But I, I, I I've <laughs> got a, a friend Thank of mine. You for your kindness, exactly. A friend of ours, uh, you know, um, Brad Lewis, their son Gage Lewis is probably uh, he's playing over at Drury. He's probably 140 pounds, if that, uh, maybe 150. You know, not very big. He won a junior long drive championship uh, back in, in high school at Kickapoo. And, and, and that brings me to my question. In your mind, what is the secret for extra length? Because it's not clearly tied in entirely to, to build or strength. Um, but what is the secret in your mind to getting that? Because you mentioned something about your baseball swing and, and the way that way back when you kind of took the, the bat back. Yeah, I put. I, I think because of the way I hit, I would kind of wrap the bat around my, the back of my head. And, and if you did that with your hands, if you're standing there and you wrap it around, it puts your right hand in your right wrist. I remember being at Millwood early in my long drive career, and a friend of mine looks at me and goes, man, you really hold that V for a long time. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, right. And then I hit another one. He goes, you really don't. I have no idea. I really don't. I don't know any of that technical stuff. I just know that my hands were in a position that it impacted, created a ton of speed. 
uh, that was caused from hitting thousands and thousands and thousands of baseballs off a tee and just batting practice. But, you know, when I got back from my first long drive, Scotty, that was the top question. How do I hit a father? What do I do? How do I hit a father? What's the one key? I still get it. What's the one key? And there's, there's not one. Um, there's, a, there's a number of these things that blend together. And when you see a young kid, man or woman, they're generally super efficient with their golf swing, right? They've got, they've got great flexibility, which we lose as we get older. But they're, you know, the best hitters in the world, if you, if you look at these guys on tour, they're so efficient. And a lot of them are not very big. You know, it's not like Rory's 6'4". I think Rory's 5'9". But they're so efficient. They've got equipment that really fits them. Um, they've got the loft. They've got the flex in their shaft that really, really works for them. And, you know, and they're hitting the golf ball in a very, very square manner. They've got it teed in such a way where they got maximum um, flight. You know, when, when I won the long drive, I, I, didn't, I didn't have the speed that the guys I beat. I didn't have the ball speed they had, but I had super good efficiency with my ball flight and carry and then roll. And so, you know, for most of us, we try to swing too hard. So if a guy like you walks in and he goes, how, what do I do? I'm going to be like, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see where you tee it up. Are you teeing it low? Are you hitting down on it? What, what does that do? And I'm going to watch your contact. What's the ball flip, flight look like, right? Does it, it's got side spin, all those things that will make you efficient. How, how tight's your grip pressure? Do you play much? Scotty, are you? Do you yeah. Play yeah. Much? Yeah. I play. I'm, I'm 60. So I'm like you, I'm starting to experience that, uh, Hey, what are these game improvement clubs about over here on this shelf? That type of deal, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, that, that's the great chase. I'm going to hit a seven wood now. I'm going to hit a seven wood now from 150. You know, right? hybrid irons people, are your friend. Yeah, but uh, that's the the great chase for everyone now, and and uh, we'll continue to chase it. I think for for the next ten, hopefully 10, 15, 20 years. But uh, Dan, uh, as always, uh, just love what you do and appreciate that. Uh, you know, the big heart you have for these charity events and, and uh, the humor you bring to it. And, and I thank you for your time this week, and, and happy holidays to you and yours. My friend, thanks for having me on. I always love, love talking to you and I love seeing what you're doing. So appreciate it, man. Very good. Thanks, Dan. Time to wrap things up with our Scott's Thoughts segment, my little ramblings and musings for the week on things going on in the – Local, regional, and national world of sports. We start off talking about the Chiefs' Monday night loss to the Eagles. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, still a glaring weakness there with no secondary receiving option to Travis Kelsey. Uh, they're, they're still trying a bunch of guys out for the gig. Uh, nobody seems to step up and really take hold. Kind of mysterious last night that there wasn't more Rasheed Rice out there. Uh, saw Justin Watson with his butterfingers. Um, just really kind of emphasize the fact that this Chiefs team should have gone out and got a proven number two option in that passing game to go with Kelsey, like a DeAndre Hopkins, who's kind of languishing in Tennessee with a rookie quarterback now. Would have been a great get there. But uh, the uh, the sad part about this is this might be the best Chiefs defense I've seen in my lifetime, uh, the way they continuously step up and, and make plays and get stops. Um, maybe time to play Rice uh, full time. Kadarius Tony, you know, he looks really scary on those punt returns with his moves. So maybe time to give those guys a, a shot, uh, more more snaps, and see what they can do. I think the most amazing stat to me with the Chiefs is through ten games now they have scored a fourth quarter touchdown only once all season, 
and they've gone scoreless in the second half in their last three games now, which is very un-Mahomes-like. As a Captain Obvious would say, they'd better get that fixed. Hats off to the MSU men's soccer team. They, they were fi- ranked nationally number 15 in the country, made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, lost at number 22 Stanford. This has quietly been Missouri State's most consistently successful athletic program, now with five straight NCAA tournament trips uh, with uh, John Leamy for a while there. Now Michael Seabolt, uh, well done, Bears. Uh, keep, uh, keep hitting there in the playoffs and eventually going to break through. Kicker is a position that seems like an afterthought to many college football head coaches, but boy, does it pay off to have a good one. Mizzou has a good one in senior Harrison Mavis, a.k.a. the thicker kicker, who has directly now won two games for the Tigers in their 9-2 and two start. Uh, they should move to 10-2 and two this week. I, I see them having no problem with the Razorbacks down in Fayetteville on Black Friday. Been just kind of a nightmare season for Arkansas, which confirmed that Sam Pittman is coming back next year uh, this week. So, But back to the kickers. These guys typically have to walk on at these Power 5 programs and prove their worth. Um, a lot of that is that the, a lot of them they recruit that are highly recruited get there and they flake out and can't handle the pressure of kicking in front of 100,000 people. But, boy, when you can find a good one, it makes a difference. I mean, you look at Mavis. He was a three-star recruit out of high school by a lot of services, a five-star recruit uh, according to the Coles service, which is another. So maybe you really just don't know about these guys, what they're going to do. But I do know this. The good ones are difference makers. And thank your lucky stars this week if you do have one of those guys like a Mavis. I'm an OU fan, and we do not. So every field goal try out there is a freaking adventure. If I were a Power 5 head coach making millions, I'd find a great one in high school or the portal looking for a better opportunity and give him what he wants. And maybe I just like Mavis because at 5'11 and 243 pounds, he may be my long-lost son. Finally, good luck this weekend to the unbeaten Evangel Valor as they head into the NAIA football playoffs for the first time since 2005. They play against Bethel on Saturday at 1 o'clock in McKenzie, Tennessee. The 11-0 Valor will be out to prove their unbeaten run through their new Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference was no fluke and that they deserved a first-round playoff game at home. Best wishes to Chuck Heppola and his squad, the Evangel Valor. Keep it going. Be sure to play the Guest of Chiefs score on Around the Ozarks uh, website and Midwest Family Radio website for your chance to win Chiefs tickets and autographed memorabilia prizes each week. And you can now rate this podcast after listening, so we encourage you to take a second and give us a few stars if you like what you're hearing each week on Around the Ozarks sports scene. Thanks for listening, and happy Thanksgiving to all. Enjoy your time this weekend with friends and family and loved ones. We'll see you next week.